1984, pastors Jean and Sue started Faith Christian Center in a hotel ballroom. But for the past 36 years, they have taught people how to practically apply the Bible to their everyday lives. Over the years, God has blessed us and the church has grown. Faith Christian Center is now located on a beautiful 73-acre campus in the heart of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We believe the best is yet to come. Today's message will encourage you, inspire you, and teach you how to experience God's best in every area of your life. This is my Bible. It is the Word of God and the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the Word says I am. I'm seated right now in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine. And I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Today my mind is alert. My spirit is receptive as I am taught the Word of God. My life is changed for the better and I will never be the same again. Amen. You may be seated. If you would, turn your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And today's message is a special standalone message on the love of Father God, of Father's love. Satan, the Bible tells us that Satan is the father of lies. Jesus said so. And Satan stills. He kills, he destroys. And Satan's nature is hate and anger and rage and wrath and everything that is selfish. But the nature of our Heavenly Father is peace, love, and joy. That's why when Paul writes about the fruit of the Spirit and lists them out, love, joy, peace, patience, faithfulness, kindness, gentleness, self-control, that's the nature of God. That's the nature of Father God, peace, love, and joy. And we see too little of those things in our world. Jesus said in Luke 6 and verse 40, a student is not above his teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like his teacher. To be like Jesus and to be like our Heavenly Father, we have to walk in love. We have to love and walk in love. And not the various kinds of love that we see in the world, but agape love, the God kind of love, which we'll get to. Jesus said in John 13, 34, a new command I give you. And you find out as you read and study the rest of the New Testament, this one command sums up every command in the New Testament. This one command sums up every command and the law of God. Jesus said, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So who set the standard? Jesus. So we have something to aspire to, amen? We can all improve. We can all do a better job. We can all do a better job of walking love as I have loved you. So he's the standard. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So our love walk reveals how closely we are walking in unison with our Heavenly Father. This world out there, it is suffering due to the lockdowns and increasing perversion 
depression, and the suicide rates are skyrocketing. People are suffering in their bodies, whether from experimental vaccines or now young people from experimental gender surgeries that are nothing more than a mutilation of the image of God. And parents, fathers, part of your role is to protect your family. Part of your role is to protect your children. And you may not realize it, but there, there is a war going on. And there is a battle being fought for the hearts of young people in our nation. You know, the last few weeks, Samuel's been saying, Daddy, you know, I want to watch the new Buzz Lightyear movie. And my answer, and Jessica's answer is no, because Disney has made the decision they're, they're going to head down the road of indoctrinating children and leading children to believe that immorality and perversion and wickedness is okay. And this is what's going on. And the actor that does the voice for Buzz Lightyear in the new movie, he actually said this week that traditional people like us, like you and me, we need to die off like dinosaurs. So you may not be aware of the fact that there is a war going on, but there is a war going on. And, and love is to protect. Love is to defend the home and the family and our, our children. You know, the reality is that for as long as they have kept statistics in our culture, Western culture, fewer than 1% of people identified with those wicked and immoral lifestyles. But recent studies at college universities, there are now upwards of 25% to a third of college students and young people in our nation who identify with those wicked and immoral lifestyles. Now, how can you have that dramatic increase in just a few years? So there's a war going on. And so love, yes, love speaks the truth in love, but love also protects. Love also defends. Love also stands for truth and righteousness in the midst of wickedness. Jesus said in the days, as in the days of Noah, so it will be when the Son of Man returns. Love built the ark. Love protected its family. Love insisted that its family go in while the wicked perish. It's love to do what's right. It's love to protect. It's love to put your family first. Disease is skyrocketing. Economic problems abound. Every day in the news, there's uh, news of a new shortage. Just this morning, I saw that now there's a salsa shortage. Well, praise God, we have family members that know how to make that from scratch. Amen. <laughs> say to your neighbor, say, we are not going to participate. <laughs> Tell your other neighbor, we're not going to do without. But the result of all this is hate and anger and stress and depression. My father said at 9 a.m. that young people are encouraged to be living in fantasy. And they're even having surgery so they can live in fantasy. But in doing all that, people aren't finding their answer. They're angry, they're depressed, they're, they're suicidal. And we know why, because the answer is Jesus Christ. And the answer is the Word of God. But there's hatred everywhere. There's anger everywhere. There's depression everywhere. We're living in Revelation 12 and verse 12. Therefore rejoice, you heavens, and you who dwell in them. But woe to the earth 
warning to the earth and sea because the devil has gone down to you. He is filled with fury because he knows that his time is short. And so we, we see that the days are getting darker. The days are getting more wicked. And hate and anger and stress and depression are everywhere. But in our lives, in our homes, in our families, we are to manifest the nature of God, which is peace and love and joy. Why don't we say that? Say peace, love, joy. It's the complete opposite of what the world is doing. 1 Corinthians 13 is the love chapter. And the King James uses the word charity, but the Greek word is agape, which is the God kind of love. The Bible says in 1 John 4, 16, God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. The Bible says in Romans 5, 5, the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Now this may seem like a hard statement, but it's true. All of our trouble in our lives, in our home, in our families, and our circumstances, all of our trouble and our days being hell on earth instead of heaven upon the earth is our own making and our own doing. And in these days, you just have to make up your mind that you're going to live for God, you're going to do what's right, you're going to do things God's way, not your way, not the world's way, so you can walk in the blessing of God. And the truth is that in our lives, any trouble, it is the result of our own doing, our own making. In our own lives, if there are days of hell instead of days of heaven, that is the result of our doing. Remember the year Jessica and I got married, it was 2006, and our theme that year, and it was on the banner out in the atrium, was days of heaven upon the earth. When you live life God's way, when you walk in love and live a life of love, you can have days of heaven upon the earth. God said through Moses in Deuteronomy 11, verse 26, See, I am setting before you today a blessing and a curse. The blessing, if you obey the commands of the Lord your God that I'm giving you today. The curse, if you disobey the commands of the Lord your God and turn from the way that I command you today by following other gods which you have not known. And God said through Moses in Deuteronomy 30, verse 15, See, I have set before you today life and prosperity, death and destruction. It's a choice. It's a decision. God's way, or as Jesus said in the Gospels, the narrow way, that leads to life and prosperity. But the world's way, sin's way, wickedness's way. Paul said the wages of sin is death. The way of the wicked leads to death and destruction. Deuteronomy 30, verse 19, the Lord said, This day I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life. Tell, tell your neighbor, say, choose life. Tell your other neighbor, say, say choose life. It's a choice. It is a decision. On the, the graduation Sunday, when we had the St. Paul's High School commencement, and I, I tweaked the message, especially for the young people. I told them what my father told Christine and I when we were in high school, that growing up here in church, growing up here at St. Paul's, that everything seems very similar amongst all the young people. But over the next 10 and 20 and 30 years in our lives, we would see people make dramatically different decisions. Well, that affects their results. 
That affects the outcome of their life. That affects whether they have days of heaven or days of hell upon the earth. And people will blame it on God. They'll blame it on the will of God. But it, most of it is the result of our choices, our decisions, and our actions. And the Lord said, now choose life. Choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God. Listen to his voice and hold fast to him. For the Lord is your life. And that's what we have to do in 2022. That's the way we have to live in 2022. You got to turn off the news, got to turn off social media, you still read a newspaper, got to, got to set that down, amen. And you have to have the attitude, the Lord is my life and his word is my life and I'm going to walk with the Lord. So we choose. Say, I get to choose. So we can choose the blessing or we can choose the curse. We can choose life or we can choose death. The media is so wicked. The media is so dishonest. You know, they're trying to scare people about the monkeypox. But when this was first in the news, you know, my, my father taught me to read. And I told Jessica that the early reports, the first however many hundreds of cases, they were all amongst homosexual men. And only one case was not amongst a homosexual man. And Jessica said to me, said, he's lying about it. There was an article about a week and a half ago in the Daily Mail, which is a London newspaper, about the first case in Great Britain, the first case there, man. But in the article, I read the details, said that in just a few weeks, he had had 10 relationships with 10 different men. See, that, that's what the teacher won't tell you, or a child. That's what the media won't tell you. That, that's what Disney won't put in a film, but that is the truth. It's Romans 1. And so love in 2022 is to protect oneself and one's family from this wickedness and this onslaught. No matter what the world is saying, no matter what the, the world is selling, love is to choose God's way. Love is to choose life and not death. Love is to tell our children the truth so that they don't head down some road that leads them to death and destruction. Say, say the choice is mine. Say, say it again. Say, the choice is mine. Proverbs 14.1 says, The wise woman builds her house, but with her own hands, the foolish one tears, her tears hers down. Yes, a woman can do that, but men do it too. Yes, a mom can do that, but fathers do that too. And young people, I, I've seen plenty of young people do that. They're, they're smart, they're gifted, they're talented, they, they've got a gifting in athletics or academics or whatever it is. But the, Paul said the wages of sin is death. And through wrong choices and wrong decisions or wickedness, they throw it away. A wise woman builds up her house. A wise man, a wise father builds up his house. We choose we decide whether we will have days of heaven upon the earth. Now let's spend the rest of the message in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And I'm going to read it today to you out of the Amplified Bible, which helps us to better understand what the Apostle Paul is communicating. 1 Corinthians 13, beginning in verse 1 in the Amplified Bible. Paul writes, if I speak with the tongues of men and of angels. So that's both human utterance, English, Spanish, whatever it is, 
but also divine utterance, praying in the Holy Spirit. If I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not agape love for others, growing out of God's love for me, then I have become only a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal, just an annoying distraction. So the word here for love is agape. It is the God kind of love. Now in Paul's day, there were four Greek words for love, and three are in the New Testament, but because we don't have as many words in English, they're all translated as love. The first Greek word is eros, and that was a Greek word used in Paul's day, but it's not in the New Testament because it has nothing to do with the Christian life, eros. And eros refers to sexual love and probably derives from the mythical God of love. Eros is an erotic, passionate love. It is emotional. It is based on body chemistry. Eros is a love of self-satisfaction, which makes it inherently selfish. For instance, when a young man tells a young woman he loves her, but he doesn't really love her, not with the love of God, not with genuine love. It's a selfish love. He, he has no intention of marrying her. He just wants to sleep with her. That, that's not the God kind of love. That, that is eros. That is a selfish love. He doesn't love her. He's only lusting after her. And you young ladies, don't let anyone use you. Don't let anyone take advantage of you. Don't let anyone lie to you. Love is faithfulness. Love is commitment. Love is doing what's right. Love's putting a ring on the situation. Amen. The next Greek word is storge. This love has its basis in one's own nature. Storge is a natural affection or obligation the natural movement of the soul for a husband or wife or a child or maybe your family's favorite pet. It is a quiet, abiding feeling. In the New Testament, storge appears in the negative and means without this type of love. It's translated in Romans 1.31 and 2 Timothy 3.3 as unloving or in the King James as without natural affection. In Romans 12 and verse 10, storge is compounded with phileo and is translated as devoted, or in the King James, as kindly affection. The next Greek word is phileo. It's the word that Jesus used the third time in John 21. He said, Peter, do you love me even like a friend? The first two times Jesus asked Peter, do you love me with the God kind of love, agape love? And uh, Peter did not give the answer Jesus was looking for, and he said, well, do you love me even like a friend. We get the word Philadelphia from this Greek word. Philadelphia is supposed to mean the city of brotherly love. If you go there, be very careful. Amen. It is an eye-opening experience to say the least, and that's in broad daylight at noon every day. Agape love, that's the God kind of love. So what is the God kind of love in contrast to eros, which is the love we see in the world? or the love we see on The Bachelor or The Bachelorette, or Storge, or Phileo. What is the God kind of love, agape? It is a selfless love. Agape love, the God kind of love, makes a home beautiful and a home full of peace and love and joy. Agape love, the God kind of love, it is beautiful. 
and it is the greatest, most enduring power on earth. Jesus proved this. When a man is ruled and motivated by agape love, he does not shrink from any sacrifice. Jesus did not shrink from, from bearing our sins and the pain and penalty of our sin and transgression. Love, the agape love of God, it made the cross of Christ beautiful. Love, the agape love of God, made the tomb where he lay beautiful. And the word for love all throughout 1 Corinthians 13 is agape, which is the God kind of love. So 1 Corinthians 13, verse 2, Paul writes, And if I have the gift of prophecy and speak a new message from God to the people and understand all mysteries and possess all knowledge, and if I have all sufficient faith so that I can remove or move mountains, but do not have agape love. So even if I have all of these wonderful spiritual gifts, even if I can minister in all these wonderful ways, even if I can exercise faith in these special ways, if I can do all that, but if I have not love, if I have not agape love reaching out to others, I am nothing. Verse three, if I give all my possessions to feed the poor, and if I surrender my body to be burned, but do not have agape love, it does me no good at all. Verse four, agape love endures. Say, say the love of God endures. You know, it's amazing how people try and spiritualize selfish decisions. It's amazing how people try and spiritualize sinful decisions. Love puts God first. Love puts the kingdom of God first. Love puts the, the house of God first. Love puts your husband or wife first. Love puts your children, your son or daughter, your sons and daughters, it puts them first. I never cease to be amazed at how people make decisions with no thought to what's right or wrong, no thought to what it, the Word of God says, no thought to their children. Just recently I heard about a decision, someone's going to do something with no consideration of their children. It's selfish. It is wicked. And we will stand before God one day. Every believer will stand before Jesus at the judgment seat of Christ and will give an account for what we did with our lives. And I know when we deal with finances, we deal with that from the perspective of we'll, we'll give an account for the money that passed through our hands. But parents, I'm telling you, mothers, fathers, I'm telling you, when we stand before Jesus at the judgment seat of Christ, we'll give an accounting of how we parented, of how we trained, of how we disciplined, of how we discipled. We'll, we'll give an accounting for whether or not our children are there or they're lost in hell for all of eternity. I remember being a young man back in the I-30 days. My father would say that there are people and that they know where, what their, where their dog is, what their dog is doing, but they don't know where their children are. But we were just on vacation. I was amazed at how people, they just let their children, even little children, go do whatever, don't watch them, don't supervise them. They must not be reading the news. They must not be aware of the wickedness of the days in which we're living. Love, the love of God, it is the complete opposite of anything 
That is selfish. Verse 4, love endures. Say, love endures. The agape love of God, it endures with patience and serenity. Agape love is kind and thoughtful. Agape love is not jealous or envious. Agape love does not brag, is not proud or arrogant. Some people endure, yes, they endure, but they're not patient or kind while they endure. They endure long only because they have to. You know, attitude is everything. And again, you go back to the fruit of the Spirit. Over time, we all ought to be doing a better job of walking in love. And over time, we all ought to be doing a better job of embodying the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, faithfulness, kindness, gentleness, self-control. That gives us all plenty to work on. Amen. If you say, man, I have mastered walking love, you need to get saved. You need to repent. Or if you've mastered the fruits of the Spirit, you need to get saved. Agape love endures long, and it is patient and kind while it endures. Agape love, verse 4, it is not jealous or envious. Agape love does not brag. It's not proud. It's not arrogant. Verse 5, agape love is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not provoked, nor overly sensitive and easily angered. Agape love does not take into account a wrong endured. You got to learn how to put people and situations in the hand of God. You got to learn how to forgive and let go. You got to learn how to look to God as your source. The Bible says, the New Testament says, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. It's, it takes faith to put it in the hands of God. It takes faith to say, the Lord will make it up to me. It takes faith to say, the Lord will defend me. So agape love is not rude or without manners. It never acts unbecomingly. Agape love does not insist on its own rights, its own way or its own needs. Agape love, God's love in us, it is not self-seeking. Agape love, God's love in us, takes no account of wrongs or evil done to us. So it doesn't keep a list. You know, in any books about marriage or marriage counseling or when pastors have done the successful marriage seminar, they talk about not kitchen sinking. And what is that? Well, you got a list. The 10 things that bother you, the 10 things you don't like, the 10 things you're holding against your spouse. And if they make you just mad enough, here comes that list. The kitchen sink, you throw it at them. And that may be human nature, but that is not the God kind of love. See, Jesus paid the price so that our sins could be remitted, canceled out. He, he's not holding our wrongdoing against us. He's not holding our transgression against us. And who are we to be like? Jesus. Now, does this mean that we let people take advantage of us or use us or abuse us? No. But we, we love them. We, we forgive them. Even if it's from a distance, we, we love them and we forgive them and bless them. Even if we can't have them over even if we can't invite them to this or that gathering, e even if we, we, we know we can't have them around the children or whatever it is, we love them, we forgive them, we, we bless them from a distance. And we don't speak evil of them. Agape love, God's love in us, it takes no account of wrongs or evil done to us. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. Verse six, agape love does not rejoice at injustice, 
but rejoices with the truth. It rejoices with truth when right and truth prevail. Verse 7, agape love bears all things regardless of what comes. Agape love believes all things, looking for the best in each one. Agape love hopes all things, remaining steadfast during difficult times. Agape love endures all things without weakening. You know, June is an interesting month because of all that the world celebrates and promotes. Now, the world celebrates wickedness when, when May and June are actually times to remember the sacrifice of men and women that gave up their lives so we could have the freedoms, the rights, and the privileges that we do. And our, our corporations and political leaders, they're giving all this lip service to what's wicked, and they're not honoring what's right and true and loving. But you think about men and women who endured the Great Depression, or men and women who endured the Dust Bowl, or men and women who endured First World War I, then World War II. It always haunts me to look at the, the pictures of the young men on those boats that landed at Normandy. Many of them hadn't finished their education, never known a woman, never been married. The great majority didn't make it. But that's a picture of love. But th this generation can't handle its Wi-Fi not working. We're living in wicked and dark days. And so we have to instill the values of God and the values of the kingdom of God in our home and in our family and with our children and model the love of God, the agape love of God, which endures. It bears up and overcomes under anything and everything. Agape love believes the best. Say the best. Agape love believes the best of every person, not the worst. Now, a lot of times we say, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. But instead of doing that, you can say, Heavenly Father, bless them. Heavenly Father, bring their dreams and desires to pass. Heavenly Father, do something good in their life. Do something wonderful in their life. Agape love believes the best of every person. Now, that doesn't mean you have to have Father's Day Sunday, Sunday lunch with them. Doesn't mean you have to have them over once a month. But we shouldn't be speaking evil of others. We shouldn't be assuming the worst of others and believing the worst of others. We ought to believe the best. Say the best. Agape, 1 Corinthians 13, 18, agape love never fails. It never fades or ends. But as for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for the gift of knowledge, or the gift of special knowledge, it will pass away. Here's how I explain the end of this passage to my students here at St. Paul's. No matter how great any service is, no matter how great any move of God is, no matter how great any revival in history has ever been, at some point it comes to an end. And when the service ends and you go home, when the service ends and you get in your car and go home or go to work the next day, you have to be a doer of the word. And a huge part of being a doer of the word is the command of the New Testament, which is the love command. A new command 
I give you. As I have loved you, love one another. No matter how great any gifting, any service, it will come to an end. But agape love endures. It never fails or fades. Agape love endures without weakening. Agape love, God's love in us, never fails. So that is God's definition of love. It is the love of God. Agape love is divine love, the God kind of love. Agape love is the love of God in us and through us for others. The Bible says in Romans 5 and verse 5, the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. So natural human love, it is fickle, it is selfish. Natural human love, it wants its own way all the time. And we have a baby girl who's going to be two here soon. And so we've entered into a new phase where when she doesn't get what she wants, she'll raise her voice. When she doesn't get what she wants, she might even scream. I, I tell Jessica, we have a dinosaur in the house. Or I saw this this morning. You know, she, was, she had her breakfast, she had her sausage roll, she had some milk. She was so happy. Well, she wanted to carry her milk around the house. Well, that is a disaster waiting to happen. And so Jessica said, you can't let her have her milk. Got to switch it out with water. She can walk around the house with her water all she wants. And I, I tried to be a good dad and do it, you know, kind of be sneakily on the side. You know, well, well here's this other cup. She, they're smart. They know there's something different in that cup. So I, I did my best to do a switcheroo. Didn't work. She, she, she slid out of my arms, fell to the floor, laying on the floor. Well, well, that's a toddler. But we ought not act that way when we've known the Lord five years and 10 years and 15 years and 20 years. Paul writes elsewhere that he put, there comes a time to put childish ways behind. We're to grow up. We're to mature. We're to make progress in the things of God in every area of our lives. And no matter how much progress we made in the last year or the last five years, we ought to make some progress in 2022. Amen? We, we, ought, to, we ought to improve in these areas in our lives in 2022. And an area we all need to improve in is our love walk and walking in love with the God kind of love. Natural human love puts self first. It is selfish. And natural human love, it can turn to hatred overnight. But agape love, the God kind of love, it is not a natural human love. It is supernatural. It's the kind of love that Jesus spoke about in John 15, verse 12. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. He knew that one of them would betray him, and yet he, he loved. When he hung dying on the cross, he knew the evil that they had done. But he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. That is love. And he says to us, love each other as I have loved you. In his prayers in the Gospel of John, he first dealt with prayer, how we should pray in our lives, taught the disciples about prayer. But later in John's Gospel, we have the prayers that Jesus prayed for his disciples. We have the prayers that he prayed for the believers who would come. That's you and me. We have the prayers that he prayed for the church. And you find out in those prayers that we ought to be known by our love for one another. But so often Christian people aren't known for their love for one another. They're known for their fighting. 
They're known for their bickering. They're known for their division. You know, I, because of where I went to school, sometimes I'll tell Jessica, you know, I get on social media, what are they fighting about this week? What are they arguing about this week? But Jesus said we should be known by our love for one another and our unity. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. So friends, fathers, let's commit this year to do a better job walking in love. Kenneth Hagin would say, every step out of love is a step into sin. You cannot walk in health and healing if you entertain unforgiveness or grudges in your heart. We could add this, you can't walk in the blessing of the Lord if you're not walking in love. If we fail to follow the command of the New Testament, which is to walk in love, we don't have a right to walk in the blessing of the Lord. If we fail to walk in love, we create our own trouble. If we fail if we fail to follow the command of the New Testament, which is to walk in love, then we're not going to live out days of heaven upon the earth. Let's do a better job walking in love. Again, Kenneth Hagin would say, every step out of love is a step into sin. And there was a period of time when I was in junior high and high school, it was popular, t-shirts, wristbands, the saying, what would Jesus do? but that's actually a good thing. What would he say? How would he respond? What would he do? He would walk in the love of God. Believe the best of everyone. Say, say I'm gonna believe the best of everyone. Say, love believes the best of everyone. We, we ought to give people, until they prove otherwise, we should give people the benefit of the doubt. Assume the best. Believe the best. Jesus said in John 15, verse 12, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. So if we don't walk in love, we're not keeping the command of Jesus. If we don't walk in love, we're not going to walk in the blessing of the Lord. We're not going to experience days of heaven upon the earth. And God's people, even, even ministers, bring trouble on themselves when they refuse to walk in love. Now, there's a great ministry. That's not what it once was, but part of it was a refusal to forgive, a refusal to believe the best, a refusal to walk in love. Forgive. Tell your other neighbor, say forgive. Tell your other neighbor, say forgive. You might have to tell your husband or wife, say forgive. Tell, tell your other neighbor, say walk in love. Tell your other neighbor, say walk in love. Tell yourself, point at yourself, say, believe the best of everyone. Now, again, the love of God doesn't mean that we let people take advantage of us or use us. You know, you might eat somewhere and the food's not very good and the service is terrible. You, you can still be kind. You can still be patient. You can still be long-suffering. You can still be a blessing, amen. But you don't have to go back a second and a third and a fourth time. Don't let people take advantage of you. Don't let people use you. But then don't turn around and speak evil of them. Love them. Forgive them. Pray for them. Forgive. Walk in love. Believe the best. Don't, don't gossip or talk evil about others. And do right by others. Do right by others in every way. Do right by others financially. Don't bring your own life under a curse. Walk in love and you'll walk in the blessing of the Lord. Say this, say, if I will walk in love, 
I will walk in the blessing of the Lord. See, sometimes we think there's some deep, profound, secret, or mystery that's hindering us from making progress. We think there's some deep, secret, profound thing hindering our prayers from being answered. The Bible says the little foxes spoil the vine. Have you considered the possibility that it could be very simple? Maybe it's your love walk. Walk in love. Decide right now to keep your mouth off of others. Decide right now to keep your mouth off the people of God. Decide right now not to take advantage of others, not to rip off brothers or sisters in Christ. Decide right now to make your word come to pass. Decide right now to pray for others. Don't talk about them. Pray for them. Decide right now to be a blessing, to walk in health, and to live long and prosper. You have to keep your tongue from evil. 1 Peter 3 and verse 10 says, For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. This is from Psalm 34, beginning in verse 12. Whoever of you loves life and desires to see many good days, even in the midst of this wickedness, if we, we want to see good days until the Lord comes, we have to live this way. Verse 13, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking lies. Turn from evil, do good, seek peace and pursue it. Say this, say God's love is in me. Say I'm going to walk in love. Say I'm going to do a better job walking in love. Again, the Bible says that the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Agape love, God's love in us, it believes the best. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 9, for we know in part and we prophesy in part, for our knowledge is fragmentary and incomplete. Verse 10, but when that which is complete and perfect comes, that which is incomplete and partial will pass away. As my father says, when we get to heaven, when we're in the presence of the Lord, we're not going to be consumed with thinking about a particular house or a particular car. All that will matter is whether or not our loved ones and the people we loved are in the kingdom of God. All we'll be thinking about is we could have forgiven better. We could have loved better. We could have done better. We could have witnessed better. That's what we'll be mindful of. Verse 11, when I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I did away with childish things. Picture Emily on our kitchen floor this morning, unhappy because she couldn't carry her milk around the house. I'm not going to reenact it for you. <laughs> Give up the wrong attitude. Give up every selfish motive and desire. Do what's best for the kingdom of God. Do what's best for your family. Do what's best for your husband or wife. Do what's best for your children. Walk in love. Verse 12, for now in this time of imperfection, we see in a mirror dimly, a blurred reflection, a riddle, an enigma. But then when the time of perfection comes, we will see reality face to face. Now I know in part, just in fragments, but then I will know fully just as I have been fully known by God. Verse 13, and now there remain faith, which is abiding trust in God and his promises, hope, 
which is confident expectation of eternal salvation and agape love. Now these three remain, faith, hope, and agape love, which is an unselfish love for others growing out of God's love for me. These three, the choicest graces, but the greatest of these is agape love. Growing up, I always heard my parents say it this way. Well, why is love the greatest? Love is the motivator. If we're going to walk in faith the way we should, we can only do it as we walk in love. If we're going to hope and look forward to the kingdom of God and the return of Christ the way we should, we can only do it with the love of God. Love, the agape love, not eros, not storge, not phileo. Agape love has to be the motive for everything we do. Agape love has to be the driving force, the reasoning behind every decision we make. And we can choose. The Lord told his people in Deuteronomy, we can choose. We can choose life or we can choose death. We can choose prosperity or we can choose destruction. Say this, say, I'm going to choose life. Say, I'm going to walk in love. Say, I'm going to choose the blessing of the Lord. Say, I'm going to walk in love. Please bow your heads. You might be here today. Perhaps you have never given your life to God. You have never asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. This world, it'll tell you. You can believe whatever you want. You can come up with your own path to God. That is a lie. This world, it'll tell you that if you're just kind of good enough, if you're a good person or you're a good American, that that's enough and you'll be in heaven someday. Friend, that is not the truth. The Bible says that we have all sinned and we have all fallen short of the glory of God. I love you. And so I'm telling you the truth. Jesus said, said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. He is the way. He is the answer. Friend, if in your life, you're the way I described at the beginning of this message, full of hatred, full of anger, full of depression, contemplating, ending your life, I have the answer for you this morning. His name is Jesus Christ. He is the way, he is the truth, he is the life. And you will only find true life, true peace, true salvation, true joy by giving your life to him. If you're here today and say, Austin, I've never done that, but I need to, I want to. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to ask Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. If that's you this morning, wherever you're seated, say, Austin, I, I want to give my life to Jesus. If that's you, wherever you're seated, raise your hand so I'll see and I'll know you want me to pray with you. Say, Austin, pray with me. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to ask him to be my Lord and Savior. I want to be a part of the family of God. If that's you, wherever you're seated, raise your hand so I'll see it and I'll know you want me to pray with you. You might also be here today in a time in your life you, you gave your life to God. Maybe you walked an aisle, maybe you prayed a prayer, but you gave your life to the Lord. But you know in your heart you've not been living for God. You have been doing your own thing. You know in your heart, you have not lived a life of love, but you have lived a selfish life. 
You have done what you wanted. You have done it your way. You have, instead of putting maybe a wife or husband first or putting a son or daughter or children first, you have put yourself first. Instead of putting God first, you have put yourself first. And you say, Austin, today, I'm paying the price. Friend, God loves you. And Jesus paid the price. So you could not only be a part of the family of God, he paid the price so your fellowship, your walk with God could be restored. The Bible says that the mercies of God, they are new every morning. The Bible says in 1 John 1 and verse 9 that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If you're here today and say, Austin, that's me. I, I need to recommit my life. I need to make things right with God before I go today. That's you. Raise your hand so I'll know you want me to pray with you. Say, Austin, pray with me. I don't have peace, but I, I want peace. I don't have the peace of God, but I want peace knowing I'm right with God before I leave the day. If that's you, raise your hand so I'll see it. I'll know you want me to pray with you. You might be watching online, listening online now or later, say, Austin, I, I don't know the Lord, or maybe as I just described, you, you've lived for self. You've been paying the price. But you say, Austin, I, I wanna make things right with God right now. Repeat this simple prayer with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I repent of my sin. I repent of my wickedness and my wrongdoing and my selfish living. I give my life to you. Thank you for welcoming me into your family. Thank you for a new beginning and a fresh start in Jesus' name. You prayed that simple prayer, watching or listening, or maybe you're here in the room, didn't raise your hand. We wanna be a blessing to you. If you're here after the service at guest services, you can let them know or let an usher know. We'll bless you with the Bible and God's very own child. If you're watching or listening online, go to the address on the screen. We'd love to bless you with a copy of God's very own child in English or in Spanish. It's short, it's simple, but it'll help you get started in living the Christian life. Now let's take a moment Bow your heads again. I thank you, Heavenly Father, for the convicting power of the Holy Spirit. And we, we read several times your word, which speaks of the love of God being shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom you have given us. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you that he is the one that is with us, leading us and guiding us and directing us into all truth and all understanding. And Holy Spirit of God, we ask you to illuminate in each of our lives ways in which we have not loved, ways in which we have not loved the way we should, ways in which we have not put God first, or we've not put a spouse first, or we've not put a child first, ways in which we have not put the Word of God first. I thank you, Holy Spirit of God, for showing each of us how we can all individually do a better job of walking in love and walking in love in the days in which we live. And we thank you for it. Heavenly Father, we thank you for it in the name of Jesus. He's the spirit of truth. And 
when the Holy Spirit convicts you about something, he's not trying to hurt you. He's not trying to hinder you. He wants to bless you. He wants to lead you into the blessing of God. David, he, he lived before the new covenant. He lived before Christ came. He lived when the Holy Spirit would come upon someone for a season or temporarily. David did not have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit like we do. But David knew that our Heavenly Father, he's wonderful, he's good, he wants to lead us to green pastures and still waters. He understood that. So friends, when the, the Holy Spirit prompts you to do something or moves upon your heart to ask someone's forgiveness or to make a situation right or to do something different or to do something in a better way or to stop doing something and to do something that's righteous instead. He loves you. He's helping you. He's leading you in paths of righteousness. He's leading you to green pastures and still waters. Listen, obey, be led, and you'll walk in the blessing of God. Love is the way, love is the answer, the love of God. Thank you for listening to this life-changing message. To partner with us and to help us reach more people with the good news of the gospel, visit our website at faithchristiancenter.com. Your financial support is enabling us to reach more people than ever before. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that simple prayer, you are born again and today is a new beginning. We would like to send you a copy of Dr. Jean Lingerfeld's book, God's Very Own Child. To receive your free copy, call the church office at 817-561-3400 or send an email to info at faithchristiancenter.com. Remember to put God first in every area of your life because he loves you and has a wonderful plan for you. And don't forget, we walk by faith, not by sight.